Hello and welcome to the Collect Your Life Incorporated podcast. I am your host, Janessa A. Henderson, and I'm so glad you decided to join us today. So this episode is Let's Get Mental, Mental Health that is. So um, we've talked about this before in previous podcasts as far as mental health and the importance and especially when we had our guest therapist come in and um, also um, a minister of the gospel, uh, she came in and talked to us about, you know, how it's important um, and like the two um, work together and work hand in hand, actually. Um, but this particular episode is geared towards suicide prevention um so uh september is suicide prevention month so this is um going to be aired the last day of september which is again suicide prevention month and i just wanted to share um some things my own journey uh with prevention and being trained with suicide and other experiences so um they helped me collect my life basically um i do want to stress um that we here at collect your life incorporated are not a therapy session or any substitute for therapy or any substitute for life coaching this is a podcast um to get those stories out there to help someone else uh, collect their own lives as I collected mine. So do not use this as a substitute for going to your therapist. Please go to your therapist. Please go to your therapist. Please seek counsel. Um, do not use this again as a means of, oh, I listen to, you know, I want that to be known. I am not a licensed therapist. I'm a licensed educator. That's the only license I have besides my driver's license. So I just want it to be known. Please do not. Just because we're talking about mental health doesn't mean this is a substitute. So let's get into it. All right. So this subject just seems to be taboo. Um not just mental health, but suicide is like, is a taboo. It seems to be a taboo word. Um, but it's real things that happen. And I feel like the misconceptions of, now I am, I will say this, let me go back. So I will say this, um, I have been certified to, for several years now, um in talking down people from suicide 
However, comma, I'm still not a therapist. Um, I can aid and help as much as I can. I've had the trainings. Um, and not just for being a teacher. I think that was like outside of the realm of teaching. I just went and did it myself. Um, but suicide itself in our communities, especially in our black and brown communities, are um, even in, of course, the Christian community, um, it's taboo to the people. Like, I, I re yeah, it's basically, that's what it is. Like, it's taboo. Um, I remember my earliest mentioning of it, um, or knowing of it was when I was in middle school. Um, no one that I knew did anything. We just had to watch something in, in class, in wellness class. And that's that was my first inter interaction with it. Um, and it was really dark, but I feel like it was necessary. So then I went on to be a counselor um, when I was in college. And like, a, I guess was the peer leader. Um, and I got trained in it. Then I became an educator and I did the training again because I feel like this is something I need to know. Um, but yeah, like people always seem to think, or well, the experiences I've had when suicide is mentioned, I'll say this, in my years of living, People have always equated it with people being crazy. And that's not the case. That is not the case. I feel like um, suicide is when you just see there's no hope. Um, and you don't, you don't, you know, you don't have any, any hope within yourself or whatever the case may be. So um, I got trained because I was looking at the statistics and I was like, it's so many young people committing suicides. And I was just like, um, you know, this is something that should be taught at like a youth conference. This is, you know, we talk about everything else. Like these are the things that kids, the real issues, kids are dealing with a lot that, I would say I didn't have to deal with like I see it every day like my students are dealing with stuff at 17 and 18 and 16 that I never would have imagined having to deal with I didn't deal with it until like my early 20s or late 20s or later 20s I didn't have to worry about certain things but our kids are growing up rapidly in a different rate and it's a different generation so therefore that becomes more more issues more problems you know, like the, the song, more money, more problems, like more issues. I feel like it's more problems, more things they have to worry about, more things to be anxious about, more things to be depressed about. So it's just more. And the enemy loves to attack the mind. The, that's what the enemy seeks to um, destroy and devour. So the first thing that he goes to attack is the mind and your peace and your peace is connected to your mind because it's a thought you know so like peace is like a way of thinking 
And so for me personally, my first encounter with suicide prevention was when I was in high school. Um, a friend of mine was contemplating it and I helped them with the help of God. Um, I guess I said the right things to where they didn't. And they're living a great life now. Like, and I think it was because I was trained. I had went to, um, it's crazy. And, and you know, God sets you up for these things and these encounters. Um, but I had just went to like the training and I was like, okay, let me get trained or whatever. And then boom, got the call, you know, and that was, I didn't realize how at the time, because I was like 18, <laughs> like I didn't realize how pivotal or like how God had, I didn't know God was even using me like in that, in that moment. Like I was just like, oh, I'm just doing, you know, what I've learned, you know, um, but when I look back on it and I thought back on it, I was like, God, you did that because I didn't even have the words to say, but I just had to ask. Like, and when you're trained with suicide training, prevention, um, they tell you to you to ask. Yes, go straight and ask. Are you thinking of committing suicide? And most people like before the training, I would have never thought to ask, like right out, like, really, that's what you ask? And really is what it is. Because you go ahead and like, and eliminate, you know, eliminate any, any doubt. Okay, this is what we're dealing with. Go ahead and tell us so we can know. Um. So moving forward, you know, I was 18 or whatever, and I was like, really like, thankful to God like that nothing happened my next experience with suicide was my own personal um I was 24 25 and I was wrestling with I was depressed I was wrestling with a lot um in in a marriage I wasn't supposed to be in I was wrestling with the, within a lot within myself it was like the end that I knew that maybe this ain't what Jesus wanted me to do you know so and it was early on and I was just like and I think it was the beginning of the um the cycle of anger and abuse and stuff that I was dealing with or dealt with um where I was just like this can't be my life like and the crazy thing for me y'all to be in that type of situation and all through college I'm an advocate for domestic violence I'm an advocate for domestic violence. I'm, I'm advocating for it. But 
so God, you know, in his infinite way, makes me an overcomer of it also. Like, like you're going to be an advocate, but you're going to be an overcomer of it as well. Like, you're going to deal with this, you know, yourself. And I, of course, I didn't know. If I had a known, I would have been like, God, you sure? You know? Um, so during that time, it was like, like freshly married, but it was like something was off with me. And I was just like, I want to take all these pills. And I tried and see. I know the people be, I know the saints be praying. I know my mama be praying, was praying for me. I know my daddy was praying for me. I know my godmama was praying for me. I know my grandma um, prayed for me. The prayers of the righteous are very much. Um, because in that time, I was so alone. <laughs> um, I was around people, but I couldn't tell them what was going on in my in my marriage. Because I knew if I forgave and went back, that my people wouldn't, you know? So I kept it to myself and I kept it bottled in. And that keeping that inside and dealing with all, everything of it is enough in itself, okay? So this particular time, I was like, I'm going to take these. I think because I'm a diabetic, um, I think at the time I was... My doctor had me on metformin and something else, glimepiride or something. Um, so I was gonna take all this medication with my sugar get low. But but God, that's that's really all I can say at that moment with that with that situation, y'all. Like it was God. Cause all of a sudden I threw up. And everything came up. And I really don't think I ever told anybody about this attempt. I don't think so. I really don't think so. The podcast is the first to know. <laughs> but yeah, I've never told anybody about that attempt. Um, it was 2014 in, like, July. And um, I'll never forget it. Like, I'll never forget it. But I had, like, early on came to the... And I was like, I see it bows. So I got to stick to it. And, yeah, that was my attempt. <sighs> yeah. So, after that attempt, you know, I was like, no, God. And it, so many thoughts came to my mind. I was like, no, this is not what God made me for, you know. And I was like, Lord, please. And even while I was taking it, I was like, Lord, please forgive me. And that was when I threw up. I think I only had like two pills down or something. So I wouldn't even, you know, that 
endowed with pills. I think I was just going to take them, you know. But the throwing up for me was me getting it out. But yeah, that was this is my first time expressing that to anybody. Um Yeah. Um It was a lot. So, moving forward, um I've had other instances of um having to help prevent someone of course as an educator you know um and everything um but I think moving past from that like I was still in a dark and sunken place like um but I knew that wasn't that wasn't the end um after that one time attempt um I I didn't make any attempts. I'll say that. Any more attempts. Um, I will say that um, a thought or two over the course of the years or over the in, in the course of that uh, toxicity, that relationship, a thought did did occur. Um, I will say that because mentally I was just, it was a lot, y'all. Like, as an overcomer of um, domestic violence and stuff, you, you go through a lot. And, um, yeah, it's like, you know, your self-worth is questioned. Your own insecurities are brought up. You know, it's a lot. Like, then I was wrestling with the fact that I shouldn't have done this. You know, I shouldn't have married. You know, and I'm like, why am I, why was I disobedient, God? Why? You know, so I'm wrestling with a lot of things. I'm battling the natural. Um, I'm battling my everything that's going on in my mind. In addition to just the regular battling, like I said, at home. And then the spiritual, like, I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. Why did why did I disobey? Why did I disobey? You know, just a lot. Um, so, yeah, I will say, I'm not even going to lie, that a thought had, did arise during the course of that relationship. Um, and after the relationship, I wouldn't say now. I'm not going to say after the relationship that I was all peaches and cream. But I will say God gave me a peace like no other. Okay? Um, and that was all my attempts that I had. I had that one attempt and um, that was it. Um, after that, though, uh, mental health-wise... Um, I did not seek a therapist because I didn't know where to go to. Like after that attempt, I didn't really, I kind of, kind of just hid it. And I kind of hid my emotions. Like I've just put everything inside, just internalized things, just packed it, packed it, packing it, packing it, and packing it. And so then, um, my first time going to a therapist 
and this is crazy to me but yeah my first time going to seek therapy was after I had my daughter it was postpartum um so long story short with my with my birth uh birthing journey with my daughter my birthing testimony I'll say it's not just a journey it was a testimony it is a testimony of God's faithfulness my daughter herself me getting pregnant is the testament of God's faithfulness um and God's promises to me um just you know so we i go to the doctor on a routine checkup um i'm at 35 weeks finna be 36 in a few you know in a few days and i go to my doctor like i normally do i have to get an ultrasound because i have fibroids they're like your flu is low i'm like okay i had already been having headaches the week before um i was already on a uh, blood pressure medicine and i was already um i was i was stressed y'all like literally i sh it's a wonder that i didn't have i, sh I should have had a therapist all during my pregnancy um it was a stressful emotional time as far as my body wise i really didn't have like pregnancy was good for me on my body except for my fibroids which put, took me to the er um fibroids had me in so much pain i could barely walk um but after that i was good physically um like the normal stretching the normal aches and pains like i didn't have morning sickness now i did have nausea could barely eat and stuff now I did have that, but I never threw up and, you know, I had a pretty decent physical wise pregnancy until, until my head started hurting in the third trimester. But emotionally y'all, I dealt with so much. I dealt with so much and I didn't realize the toll that it would have on me afterwards okay and then i'll explain it you'll get it you know it all connect so um when i had my daughter of course i had my blood pressure was 140 over something and they were like oh you're gonna he's gonna tell you my doctor at the time was delivering a baby and they were like well we're gonna call him but he's probably gonna send you to the hospital your flu is low your blood pressure up and you already a diabetic so and you're African American, so you all preeclampsia. We're not having time. We don't have time for that. That's what my nurse telling me, and I'm like, okay, okay, you know, heavy breathing. I'm already breathing heavy because I got another baby in me. I mean, I got a whole baby in me. So I go to the hospital. My doctor explains, you want to be induced or do you want to have a C-section? I prayed the quickest prayer. Ever. I said, Lord, what you want me to do? God answered quick, C-section. So, I said C-section. Um, and so, the C-section was scheduled for the next day. But he said, if your blood pressure keeps spiking, you're going to have to have an emergency one. Um, so, it was scheduled. 
my blood pressure went down you know the prayers of the righteous my folks is praying okay i got some praying people um and thank thank god for my prayer prayer squad okay so we go we get there you know and um they you know could and they do all the stuff that they do pull carry out i see my baby oh, emotional cry oh and then i'm like okay why well, i'm still open why well, i'm still laying on this table what's going on my baby out like what's going on here and i hear my doctor talk to the other doctor i'm not giving her a hysterectomy this is what my doctor says say what what say what so he tells me your uterus is enlarged. We cannot close your uterus because the fibroids have grown with your pregnancy. Um, so my baby, now when I was pregnant, I wish I had a picture to put on here. Um, but when I was pregnant, I was big, okay? And people thought that my baby was going to be nine pounds. But I was like, no, she's actually not, Okay. Um, so the fibroids were taking the nutrients, stealing the nutrients from my baby. And so the fibroids grew with my pregnancy. Um, so, um, my baby was only five pounds, one ounce. And he was like, I, I have to remove these fibroids. I'm not removing your uterus because I know you want to have more kids. And it's good to have a doctor, you know, like that, you know, that, that knows, you, you, you know. Um, and I appreciate him for that. So, um, basically, you know, they remove the fibroids. So, I have to have an additional surgery after I have a cesarean, okay? That's already a lot. I have to have more surgery on top of that, Okay. They remove my fibroids. These jokers are big, okay? They are huge. And I'm like, okay. I wish I could have taken a picture. Um, but yeah. They yeah. Or somebody would have taken a picture, but yeah. Um, so anyway, uh they, you know, get me together and you know, go to recovery and all of that. Then I try to my baby latching on. I'm like, okay, because I'm breastfeeding. She latching, but ain't no milk coming. Y'all. That almost destroyed me. Not being able to breastfeed almost destroyed me. So this is part of my mental journey. Like, I have already dealt with so much stuff, y'all, emotionally. And I'm going to get into the nitty-gritty. Maybe on another episode. But, y'all, I dealt with so much emotionally from my job to personal. Every every side, it was like I was being slapped on every side while I was pregnant. It's a wonder that my child came out with 10 toes and 10 fingers. You know, like all her, everything. It's wonder we made it, okay? That's what I'm trying to tell you because I dealt with so much stress, unnecessary stress. And so, being that, saying that, because I'm trying to get to the point, so that was my first time postpartum. I could not breastfeed like I wanted to. I tried to pump. No milk would come out. 
I tried talking to all the people. I talked to the people till I was blue in the face. And then I had to see somebody because I feel less of a woman because I could not breastfeed. I'm like, this is what my baby is supposed to get from me. Why can't I do this simple thing? Y'all, I was so stressed out. So I went to see a therapist about this. And he was very helpful. Um, he was very helpful, um, reassuring and everything. But what really helped me too was my doctor. They may say it. And I'm sorry, I'm Memphis. I'm so Memphis. And so I use Maine. But he said, my doctor said, if you don't breastfeed, it does not make you less of a mother. You went through too much. Your body went through too much, a whole lot. So if you can't, that doesn't mean she's not going to be okay. It doesn't mean that this, it was like, so you ministering to me. Like, it was like a ministry. And like, when my doctor said that, I was like, forget the naysayers. Because so many people will tell you that if you don't do motherhood like this, or if you don't do life like this, and that's where a lot of people have issues with mental health is because they're trying to keep up with what is said of them and what is expected of them instead of what God says. Like, that wasn't the Lord's route for my life to breastfeed. Because, you know, long down the road, God saw that I was going to leave my ex-husband and breastfeeding would have not been a good thing as a single mother in my, in my, in my particular situation, in my shoes. I'll say that because a lot of people going to say, well, I'm a single mother and I breastfeed. Baby, let me, let me speak for myself, okay? Let me speak for myself. In the situation I'm in, you know, um, the Lord just infinite, you know. Now, my baby got a little colostrum. She got a little something. So she got a little whatever. But as far as milk, it didn't come out, okay. And I learned later on that stress can cause your milk ducts to dry up. And when I was on, and when I say stress, if you see your definition, I was the pitch stress during pregnancy. It should have been a picture of me up there. Because, y'all, I was so stressed out. Like, just so stressed out. But, so, that was my first time going to a therapist. And it really opened my eyes. And I was like, okay, I kind of know what I want to, I want. I don't want this guy anymore. He was good. He was a great therapist, not to knock him, you know, but he wasn't for me. It's like finding a therapist is like finding a car, you know, or finding the right ring for, you know, your soon to be wife or husband, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you're trying to buy them, like finding the perfect thing for them that fits. So you have to find somebody that fits you. And so I went to another part, like, then I didn't see a therapist after the postpartum. And I still was dealing with postpartum depression, but I just pushed through it and Jesus helped me, okay? And so then I 
really wish I had found someone else sooner, but I didn't. So after I left my ex-husband, I was like, I need a therapist, you know. So I'm grieving a marriage, even though, you know, this is time. It was time for me to leave and everything, you know, was aligned with God's will. But you still have to allow yourself to feel. Because if you don't, one day it's just going to crash all down on you. So I found another lady and she was, she was good. She was good or whatever. Um, but then I was like, I just feel like it's not enough. It's still not the fit for me. It's not, it's not giving, you know, like we say, it's not giving like it's supposed to give. And so I had to search and find somebody else. And I found, shout out to my therapist now. Uh, he listened to my podcast, <laughs> but I found the right fit for me. Like, because when you go through different transitions, it's like, okay, I talked to someone, you know, they were good or whatever, but I have, you had to find somebody who fits me in this season of my life. Um, and it's okay to change your therapist. It's okay. Like, because you have to be able to connect with them. You have to. And so, um, mental health really matters, y'all. Like, if you, if you feel like, you know, if you're like me, because after my first one, I would have been like, oh, I don't want to do this no more. And I kind of did that. And I should have been actually trying to find somebody else, to be honest, because like, I still I guess I saw him like after I had Carrie in 2019 and I didn't really see anybody else to 2020, which is the next year, but I should have been seeing, searching and seeking and find, trying to find somebody. And most of our employers, I don't know where you guys work, but most of your employers have some type of, you know, system set in place for, uh, I wouldn't say free, but yeah, it's basically a certain amount of sessions are free. But then there are therapists who don't offer insurance and all that, but they're really good. So it's just kind of like, but just like you go to the doctor and take care of your whole body, mental health is very important. Um, like, it. I wish I had been seeing one sooner because... They, like, unlock all, like, the things, like, maybe insecurities that you didn't know you still had or that I had growing up or, you know, making sure I keep close to boundaries. That's that's where I'm at in my life. Making sure I'm sticking to the boundary um, is where I'm at. And um, it has been a blessing to my life. Um... And I know we already established that it's of God anyway. Um, and I know it's of God because God would not have us to where our mind, you know, mind is all crazy. Because the enemy seeks to devour and take our mind. And um, in this last day of Suicide Prevention Month, um, make sure when your friends are reaching out to you, and they, they have the signs. Um, I'm even speaking to myself um, because a lot of times, you know, as adults, adulting is, is a lot. 
And so you may not get to reach out to friends, but try it when you think about that person, you know, text them, call them, um, because you never know why God placed that person on your heart. Um, you just want to be aware and cognitive of, you know, hey, you know, are you okay? You know, hey, what's going on? You know, and if they're not okay, you know, ask, keep asking questions, you know, don't. Don't stop with the questions. Keep asking. Keep prying. Um, as much as you can, you know, depending on your relationship. But still, keep prying. Keep, like, I'm worried about so-and-so. I'm going to pray for you. You Or let's pray right now while we're on the phone. I'm sending you this. I'm sending you that. You know, um, and I'm speaking, again, every time I'm saying this, I'm speaking to myself. Because a lot of times we get so busy and we just really put a lot of stuff and people on the back burner and not not knowing not even trying to not even trying you know to put people on the back burner but i hope this episode blessed somebody um i hope you were able to get something from um the let's get mental um we may go deeper into more details but hopefully this helped you to know and in my transparency, that even people thought I had it, had it all, never would have known that I actually attempted two months after getting married. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I hope that you were blessed by it. I hope that you're able to share this with somebody. And till the next time. Collect Your Life Incorporated.